0: Welcome to episode 47 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief at FanBolt.com.
1: My name is Ikei Mickelson, a freelance graphic artist and independent filmmaker.
0: And we have two new additions to the podcast this week that will uh, be joining us moving forward. So we have with us uh, Matt Rodriguez and Michael McKinney.
1: Hooray! (laughs) Okay, I don't feel like there was enough fanfare for that. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna slow clap.
0: Golf, golf there clap. It is.
1: <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Golf clap. Which already Emma's making sports references. Yep. She, uh,
0: very nice work. Well, yeah. we all played uh top golf last weekend and I did pretty horrifically bad. So uh, it's still relevant.
2: Yes, Emma did it Emma, was pretty fantastic. It, Emma did something I've never seen before, which is Hit underneath the ball, the ball would just jump up and then land back down on the pad, not moving almost an inch. It's uh, it's impressive to actually break the laws of gravity.
3: Yes. That's yes. nice nicely done. More Edward. than once. And it was more than more once. More than yes. once, too.
0: I do
1: what I can. So you can't say it, can't say it was a fluke. You're just you're that yeah. good. I like it.
0: Um, Well, do you guys want to talk a little bit about um, your sites and what you do? And I know we've talked about both of you a fair amount on this podcast. And uh, Mike has been on this podcast, of course, before. Um, But do you guys want to kind of give a little bit of background information on what all you
2: do? Sure. Sure. Go for it, Matt.
3: (laughs) All right. Well, I am Matt Rodriguez. I am the owner and chief editor of ShakeFire.com. So, we're an entertainment website. We focus on film reviews and news and all that good stuff.
2: And I'm Mike McKinney. Uh, I have a website called the com, and I also write uh, for ATLCW.TV, uh, the local TV station in town, the CW station in town.
1: Um, and, and for those of you who are listeners, you know Mike as our fact checker <laughs> pretty much 100% of the time, so now in real time... Emma and I will both be fact checked. So,
2: so thanks for being a part of it. I, I will. I will attempt to do that. Yes, but I, but I can't help no. it with uh, Emma's mispronouncing of names.
0: Well, you know, just <laughs> jump in there and be like, Emma, it's not Moana. <laughs> it's not Moana. Moana.
1: <laughs> I don't know. One of my favorite films of last year was Moona. That's good. It good was. Movie. It was.
0: I just got the DVD email today, so I think I'm going to check it out.
1: Nice. I still still haven't haven't seen seen it. it. I know. You're missing out.
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of um, some of the best movies of last year, we have the Oscars coming up this Sunday. So it's only natural that we talk about Oscar predictions and... I have a post, or a, I guess an infographic I got earlier today with just random fun facts from Oscars. So as we go through our Oscar predictions, I'm just going to give you guys some random fun facts. Yeah. Ooh.
3: <laughs>
1: that was the best. I like it. Ooh, noise. Ever.
3: <laughs> I gl- I'm glad I can contribute. Yes.
0: Um, well, let's let's uh, kind of go through some of the uh, the best picture nominees of course we have arrival hacksaw ridge la la land hidden figures fences hell or high water moonlight manchester by the sea and lion so what do you guys think
3: Well, you got to go with La 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 Land. I mean, I am. That's probably the. Wait, 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 wait. In fact, actually,
1: really fast, I want to take a step back. Let's see how many of the things La La Land is nominated for where Emma does not choose La La Land as the winner of that. Like, La La Land, if it was nominated for Best Science Fiction, I already know what Emma's vote.
2: Or or if it was nominated for Best Animated Film? Yeah.
1: Right, exactly. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert! It will probably be zero. Yeah, well, <laughs> because she will vote for. All I La La Land.
0: I do think that La La Land should sweep, but I don't think it's going to get Best Actor. I don't think Ryan Gosling will win. And it's funny mm-hmm. because if you'd asked me a couple of weeks ago, I probably would have said the same thing for Emma Stone. Uh, but she's been picking up Best Actress at a lot of awards re- award ceremonies recently, so I think it's possible that she could actually win Best Actress.
3: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like. Same thing, like, uh, I thought Natalie Portman for Jackie was going to be a shoe-in for Best Actress, but more and more it's seeming like Emma Stone's going to gonna take it home. Well,
2: I think it's also, uh, she's helped by the fact that Viola Davis is in the Supporting Role category instead uh, yeah. of the Best Actress category, which I think is wrong because she has almost as much screen time as Denzel Washington, but it was up to the studio to nominate her in the Supporting Role.
0: Fun fact for you guys, this is the third Oscar nomination for Viola Davis.
3: <laughs> well, what, tell us, does it have what number we're on for Meryl Streep? It,
0: it does not. There is not a Meryl Streep fun fact here. I, I don't think. No. I'll,
1: there aren't enough numbers that exist. That's <laughs> Numbers the don't go that
0: high.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. uh, a, a certain film critic did predict that she would get an Oscar nomination.
0: That's true. Oh.
1: Really, really. Which which one? If only that was in writing somewhere, could that
3: be validated? And
2: not only in writing, but it was also on television in commercials. So
0: there you go. It can
2: be. Remind us again, Mike. Which which film critic was that? (laughs) That that would be me, and you can find me on the back of the of the DVD box with my critic uh, quote right there, saying she had an Oscar uh, caliber performance.
0: Well,
3: I. Boom! She needs you in her, in her. Her zone, her field. Yes. You can root for her and predict. <laughs> every well,
2: year. I t- as far as best picture, I think La La Land is certainly, but uh, Moonlight certainly has gotten some, a little bit of push behind it. Um, there a lot of there's most of the films that are in the best category. I really like, the only one that I didn't like as much was Fences, and that was because I felt it was too stage like. Um, mm-hmm. but I really liked High Highwater. Um, Hacksaw Ridge was a really good war film. Um, Lion is an amazing film and then Manchester by the Sea um, is, is an excellent film and even Arrival. I loved Arrival so it's hard to pick.
0: A uh, little fun fact for yeah. you guys about Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, the sound mixer Kevin <laughs> O'Connell holds the record for most Oscar nominations without a single win. This is his 21st time being nominated for an Oscar.
1: Good Lord. <laughs> All right. <Jeez. laughs> I no longer feel sorry for Leonardo DiCaprio.
0: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> well, we, we didn't talk about also actor in a leading role, which is pretty much a sh- shoe in with uh, Casey Affleck. Um, there's been a little bit of push for Denzel Washington, but I, I think Casey Affleck has, has got this in the bag. Um, and then also in the actor in a supporting role, Ursula Lee is, uh, uh, almost a positive shoe in also. So there's some stuff that are, that looks like it's lining up.
3: Yeah, totally agree with you on this.
0: This will be the first time Jimmy Kimmel is hosting the Oscars. Just in case, <laughs> <laughs> just a random fact in case you were wondering.
2: Yeah,
3: that's so it's, uh, it's good, good. Good old Jimmy Kimmel. Gotta throw him a bone.
0: Um, is it, is it the first time?
1: Because he he also hosted the uh, Golden Globes, right? That's yes. correct. Yeah, is, is this the first time that's ever happened where Golden Globe went on to do the Oscars same year?
2: I don't know. I mean, I, I, um, I watch the Oscars every year, but I don't normally watch the Golden Globes just because I don't really respect them very much. There's only 90 voting members in, in the Golden Globes. Hmm. And, you know, the the old joke uh, in Hollywood is be nice to the guy that's parking your car, ballet uh, in your car, because he's voting in the Golden Globes this year.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: I think one of the one of the interesting uh, categories is the animated feature film uh, because there's some very strong titles in it, um, and uh, I just recently saw the Red Turtle and, and uh, just fell in love with it. Um, it's a beautiful film. Uh, Zootopia, I think, is probably the one that's going to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if something like Kubo and the Two Strings because it was such a groundbreaking animated film. Um it it just looks different than anything else.
3: Right. I don't know if you would say it was groundbreaking because I mean that's what was it Leica, the studio that did it? I mean that's what they've been doing every single True. time like But I think the motion are basically the best when it comes to stop. motion. Right. Uh, but they've they perfected Over it. Oh, Uh-oh. I think we got a future podcast. <laughs>
1: Please continue. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, I, I love stop motion in general, but bold words, no, yeah. sir. Bold words.
2: Wow. Well.
1: And, and then then I b- brought the whole thing to a halt. <laughs> good, 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 yeah. good job. Good job, me. Sorry. And go ahead, whoever was making a point. Well, There's, about, a, there's yeah. also
2: another movie that I have not seen yet. I'm going to be seeing it in a couple of weeks. Uh, My Life as a Zucchini, um, which has actually gotten some good press. It's just nobody's seen it yet right. because it hadn't been released in the United States. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I saw an email come through for that one. Are they, They're they doing a screening for that, aren't they, at Midtown?
2: Uh, or not? I think so. I, I, I'm getting a screener, so... I think I'm getting a, screen or, so. get a screen or link. I don't know if they're doing actual... An actual
0: screening.
3: Press right. screening, yeah. But you can request.
0: Well, um, in case any of you guys are interested in betting on the Oscars, um, there is uh, a negative 700 odds of La La Land... Uh, To win Best Picture.
2: (laughs) So you got to put down a lot of money just to win a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's see who we've got here. Uh, This is the Amazon is the first streaming company to score a Best Picture nomination with Manchester by the Sea. Uh, The duration of the longest film to ever win Best Picture goes to Gone with the Wind from 1939, 238 minutes.
2: Now that's going to, that could change with the documentaries because of the OJ film. That's true. That's true. And that's kind of a, that's kind of a controversy because of the fact Mm. that the the OJ film only played in theaters in New York and LA and at a couple of film festivals, including South By. Um, but really it's, a lot of people don't see it as a documentary feature. They see it as a TV show. Right. Um, I mean, I liked all five of the documentaries. I loved uh, Life Animated. And that might be a dark horse just for the simple fact that it's such an uplifting story. And everything else in the documentary is actually pretty depressing.
0: Well, speaking about depressing, um, I'm looking at some more of these stats, which are kind of insane. Um, $300,000 is the cost of mailing watermarked screeners to the Oscars, Screen Actor Guilds and Golden Globe voters. Uh, if you are interested Jeez. in attending the Vanity Fair after-party with your significant other, it is $119,000 <laughs> to attend. It is the most expensive Oscar after-party. I just assumed that Vanity Fair paid for all of that, and everyone went for free. Um, I guess I was... I'm
3: sure the big-name Yeah, actors... they get to go for
0: free, but I guess... All the other yeah. kind of not Hollywood A-listers. Um, Jimmy Kimmel is going to be making $15,000 from hosting, which doesn't seem like a lot, but I guess it is only four hours. So I, I don't know. Seems like it should be more than that.
1: I wonder if it comes with uh, $15,000 plus free entry into the party.
0: <laughs> then, <laughs> then it's worth then maybe,
1: you know, it's... Yeah, it's an okay payday, I guess.
0: To put things Well, something else,
2: probably, oh, sorry, something else to talk that, about with the Oscars is the fact that they have been trying to diversify their voting members both uh as far as uh women um, and also uh foreigners mm-hmm. uh to to join the academy. They had over 600 members recently join.
0: 683. Um,
2: oh. Yep. So that's that's a that's a pretty large uh it's a pretty large number, um, so it'll be interesting to see if um, some of the established, especially in the future, some of the establishment stuff doesn't get, get voted in um, like like it does now.
0: Forty-six percent of those new members are women. I love mm-hmm. this infographic, you guys. It's awesome. Yeah, That's this is, like. yeah
1: you're, you're
0: the The cost of the 16,500 square foot red carpet is $30,000. The total cost hmm. of the Oscar ceremony is $42.8 million, which I'm guessing does not include the cost of the red carpet and Jimmy Gemmel, because that right there is 45000 which is more than the cost of the... I, maybe they're talking about just the actual production of the, the whole stage setup and everything. Um, but yeah, and if you're wondering how much the little Oscar statues are worth... Uh, it says here, $696, 24-karat gold-plated mm. Oscar statue. That's, That's it.
3: it. I would imagine it would have been would more have than that. I would
0: have thought so, too. I, well, I guess um, just in pure metal value, it's only 696 yeah.
2: <laughs> In reality, they're priceless. They are priceless. <laughs> yes. Well, you remember, it was like 10 years ago, um, 55 Oscars were actually stolen off a loading dock. Mm. Um and they had to scramble to make new ones. They eventually found them in a in a uh in a dumpster.
0: Wow. They just threw them out.
3: Yep. Wow. Well, I guess you couldn't really sell them cuz I mean, the yeah. second you try to sell something like that, it's going to be known and the that cops be- are coming.
1: No, 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 man. This is not stolen
0: goods. This <laughs> is pre <a> production.
3: <laughs> I won this legitimately.
1: Yeah, I won this Oscar and I just <laughs> decided to sell it at a at a, at a
2: well, there's there's there were 55 that were stolen. There are three that were not found. Mm. So there is still one or two out there. I guarantee you the
1: guy that's been nominated 21 times for sound design bought all three of them. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't blame him.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like, there's a clause in the Oscars where, like, the Academy can buy back any Oscar for, like, I think it's like a dollar if you... Because you're not allowed to sell it, really. That's that they can purchase it back before you sell it or anything.
0: That's not fair. Because
3: technically, it's still their property. Mm.
1: It's, mm. Wow! <laughs> wow! Where's your infographic on that one? Because that's a mind-blowing <laughs> fun fact, right there. I don't.
0: I don't have. Uh, it it costs seventy-two thousand dollars for a one-page ad in the Hollywood Reporter during Oscar season. <laughs> okay, that was that's all I can counter. You guys. With. That's, that's a good counter. Oh notice, wait, here we go. Here's a Cost of a 30-second commercial during the Oscars is uh 21 or excuse me, 2.1 million this year. It's 58% less than the Super Bowl.
1: Goodness gracious. How uh this I don't know if you would know this, but in terms of overall length because it's usually a pretty long broadcast, what percentage is advertising versus actual programming? Cuz isn't like a 30-minute slot 23 minutes typically?
0: Yes.
2: Yeah, pre- pretty much. So, um, although it can for that type of um, a, a, an award show, there there are probably different rules, uh, just right. for the simple fact that you don't you don't have any rules as far as right. you know. It's not like a football game or um, or a, a, a TV show that's you know a, a drama or something. But yeah, usually it's twenty three to twenty one minutes. Uh, of of content, and then the rest is commercial time.
0: The entire length, well, I guess, of the 2016 Oscars broadcast was uh, 217 minutes.
1: Well, you know, that's actually, I mean, that's long, but it's not quite slapstick comedy. Are you kidding me? I guess that's
0: probably including, like, the pre-show kind of fun
3: stuff, too. Um, Right. But I think they've been trying to cut back on recent years of how long it goes. Yeah,
0: uh, last year was actually the least watched Oscar since uh, two thousand and eight. They only had thirty four point four million viewers last year, so it's uh, not been doing too too great in previous years. But hopefully, with with um, you know the the kind of change that we've seen in Hollywood, with you know more women being you know a part of the. Part of the Academy and being nominated and more African-Americans getting acknowledged for their roles, too. I mean, these were kind of hot topics in previous years, so hopefully it'll um, help boost up ratings a little bit.
3: We shall see. We shall
0: see. All right. Well, I'm going to close this out with one more fun fact. Uh, the total cost of a look for an A-list actress attending the Oscars is 1.5 million for the average attendee, and for a first timer coming to the event, the average is 266 thousand.
1: So. Wait. What? What? What is that cost? That's to get made up to look yeah, pretty for 10, the show.
0: Ten million. Ten million is the total cost for an average A-lister. The average attendee 1.5 million in 20. 20- are two hundred and sixty-six thousand for a first timer. So yeah, that's the cost of like the dress, the jewelry, the hair, the makeup, the whole, the whole appearance.
1: Man, alive. it's all
0: that jewelry, all of that those fancy. Uh, what is it like, uh, Harry Winston, or I can't remember the the designer, the designer stuff. stuff. Yeah, all of the.
3: But I mean, do they, do they really, they don't really pay for that. I mean, that's not on loan.
0: Yeah. They don't actually pay for it. But I guess if you added up the value of all of it, that would be how much it would be.
3: I guess that makes sense.
1: If if I knew somebody seriously that was like, oh, I really like that dress, I'm going to pay a million dollars for it. Uh I would I would I would just kick them right there in their kneecap. (laughs) Even if it was a nice feminine young lady, I would kick her. That is just absurd. There's no way you can you can convince me that that makes sense. (laughs) Anyways, I love I get it the extravagance whatever. I got a buddy who was an actor, and for his movie premiere, he bought his. (laughs) I love this store. You bought his suit at Target. And if
3: you look at the photos, he looks fine. Nobody's the wiser. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Nobody's we- going to tell a half a million dollar dress from a $500,000 or from a $1 million dress. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Oh, I see. You got yours on discount. What'd you pay? A quarter
1: million? <laughs> <laughs> That's a... That's a dumb dress you're wearing. I
0: loved it when uh, <laughs> anyway. last year I went to this event at Dior and I tried on this really insanely expensive coat and I sent a picture of it to uh, Matt and Mike. And I was like, how much do you think this cost? And it was a thirty four thousand dollar jacket. And I think I can't remember which one of you, but one of you replied saying five hundred dollars.
3: <laughs> I said five thousand. I was pro- I was probably five hundred. And I thought that was hot. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I gotta tell you, if you had a five hundred dollar like dress on, I would kick you in the shin. But I might be like,
0: really? Did it have to be five hundred dollars? Yeah, there would be some judging there. Some judging would be happening. I'm
1: obviously, obviously very judge judging of very wealthy people who buy wealthy clothes. Of course, I'm saying that from a closet that's also my sound booth. So ah, perspective support. <laughs>
0: Um, Well, we'll jump into the uh, box office report for this weekend. We'll kind of go through this quickly because we do have two films to review and an interview as well. Um, So the Lego Batman movie came in first again with $33 this weekend. Uh, Fifty Shades Darker uh, peaked up during Valentine's Day, but then uh, did not did not beat out Lego Batman this weekend, so it came in second with 20 million. Uh, Great Wall opened in third with 18 million. John Wick chapter 2 uh, brought in 16 million for its second week and Fist Fight opened in fifth with 12 million. And I have only seen one of those movies so I will let uh, Mike and Matt talk about their thoughts on on how that played out.
2: Well, I, I think that one of the big stories is The Great Wall because uh of the fact that it had a $150 million budget. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful film to look at. Um, but I just, the story between all the, and the action sequences were, were amazing. But the storyline between the action sequences was really weak. Um, I mean, it, this is a big disappointment for the studio because they put it in over 3,000 theaters, and for it to do only 18 is is pretty bad.
1: I, I I have a difficult time not predicting that would happen. I was just looking at the... And it looks like it's going to make more money. Well, I mean, you know, it's still got a ways to go, but it looks like John Wick Chapter 2 is is going to beat the Great Wall by a pretty considerable margin. I don't know. That, yeah, so, so you, the movie was was actually impressive to look at, because I felt like even in the previews, it looked like computer-animated creatures climbing a computer wall. It didn't look impressive to me.
2: It, it, it was the spectacle of it. It was the, right. the largeness of the scale is what really caught my eye. Gotcha. Um, but we should have known that this movie was, gonna do, was not going to do well because it was shot in China. Uh, 99% of the actors are Chinese. In fact, there's a bunch of them that are very well-known in major parts, and it's not doing well in China. Oh, wow. So yeah, there you go. that should have given us a clue. Hmm. Um, Fist Fight did just about what I thought it would do, which was at, at $12 million, Um And then uh, a very strange film that they're going to have a hard time marketing, you know, A Cure for Wellness, Um that's that's a big blow also. Uh, it was a $40 million budget, but to only do $4 million um, in uh, over 2,500 theaters was pretty low. Although it doesn't have any big-name stars in it, um, and it is a very strange film.
0: Yeah,
2: you, and if you, you ha- saw that one a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, and if you have a, if you have a, uh, if you don't like eels, as in, like, you don't like looking at them, don't go see this movie, because <laughs> eels may play a big part in this movie. Like I said, it's a very strange film. <laughs>
0: Um, well, what do you guys think for, uh, this next week coming up? What are your predictions for, for top slide? Do you think Lego Batman's going to hold on to it?
3: Um, I think Lego Batman will probably hold up. Well, um, get out is probably going to do really well. I know that's, that's had a lot of buzz surrounding it. So that'll probably be the best of the new releases this week. I would say, but yeah, I think Lego Batman's still gonna take the top
2: spot. Well, Lego Batman's got legs because of the fact that there were so many things going on, and uh, it's such a funny movie that you don't hear all the dialogue, and you're not catching all the. I mean, when they start showing all the villains, I, I probably only saw like maybe twenty five of them, and there were other ones that I'd I'd have to see the movie again in wanted to see it because there's a lot of stuff going on, and it's a movie. The kids are going to love to go see over and over again. Also, cool.
0: Well, I'm I'm predicting it's probably going to stay in first until Logan comes out. Then I think all all bets are off when Logan comes out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Did, I, do, you, do you guys think Logan looks good? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm really excited for
2: it. They had a screening last week, um, yeah. which we didn't go to because we went to Project Cosplay.
0: Thank you. (laughs)
2: You're welcome. But uh, almost to uh, almost everybody that I know that's a critic and a lot of the critics I follow on Twitter are just raving about it. Um, The fact that they they showed it so early and they also raised the embargo. The embargo was was um, up last week also. So. Uh, They're expecting really good word of mouth. They're expecting really good reviews. It's a very, from what I hear, it's a very different superhero film than even the other uh, Wolverine movies.
0: I'm really excited to see it.
1: Well, that's good, because I I feel like uh, they have had a difficult time getting his solo films right, Mr. Wolverine there. So that's cool.
0: Well, um, speaking of uh, upcoming movies, we've got two new releases uh, that are coming out this Friday, uh, Rock Dog and the Red Turtle. And both Matt and Mike have seen both of them. So we're going to walk them through an Atlas review.
2: I'm (laughs) ready. Let's do it.
0: Um, Let's start with Rock Dog. Uh, Do you guys want to kind of give a brief description of what the film was about?
2: (laughs) Mike, I wanna- know it's
3: not
0: about a dog <laughs> you but likes that likes
2: geology. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that was my that was my great joke on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I liked it. It's basically uh, a sheep, a flock of sheep, are being guarded by a dog um, up in the mountains, um, and Rock Dog is this kid whose father is the is the basically in charge of protecting sheep. And Rock Dog wants to be a musician, and so he leaves the the flock and his father and goes to the big city to try to become a musician. That's what it's about.
0: That sounds adorable.
2: Yeah. Um, it really isn't. <laughs> no. It's it's
3: basically a poor man's Zootopia, almost. Aww. Because, mm-hmm. like... You know those, like, movies you see on Netflix and that get released direct-to-video that are, like, banking off some famous Disney movie that just came out, and it, like, copies that? It's almost like that. It's one of those movies that should have been probably direct-to-video released, and it's, like, it's this dog who's, you know, like, it's, like Mike said, it runs in his family of their, they protect the sheep from the wolves and stuff like that, and He's this innocent dog who wants to just make music, and he it's its just not
1: good. <laughs> All right. Well, we we have to do the official Atlas review here, so we've All got right. the synopsis. You guys obviously love the film. <laughs> so, uh, from a, from an eye... No, no, no. Got to start with, uh, from a bored perspective, one to five, how bored were you guys watching this film? Five being the highest boredom. Uh, I would say at a five. Okay. It's off to a good start.
3: <laughs> I'd give it a four.
1: Oh, so
3: gracious of you. Uh, okay, yeah. so for, from a... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Because there was... I actually kind of had high hopes at the beginning because, like, they do this really cool animation at the beginning of the film where they're kind of explaining the backstory of everything. But then it just goes into the nightmare territory. And, and, and
2: the, the shocking movie. thing is, it w- it's actually had a $60 million budget. Oh, and wow. it looks like it should have cost, like, ten thousand dollars that's how wow. bad the animation is except for that opening sequence <laughs> bad budget management well we've got the opening sequence done now what do we do uh,
1: finish it um, okay so from an eye rolling perspective five being my eyes are rolling out of my head how often were you guys rolling your eyes at what you were watching
2: um, Five. yeah five definitely five. <laughs> Okay. One one of the big problems with this film is that it you're supposed to really get into the music, especially the original music, and the original music is horrible. Um, and other than a, um, there was one song that I recognized from because it was um, Matt. Do you remember who that? The the one song that was actually good, but it was actually not their original song.
3: I don't even remember any of the music. I mean. <laughs> that's how good it was. That's how great it was. Yeah, that's that's not a good sign. And it's hey. not like it's not like like it wasn't even sung very well by any of the the voice actors or any of that. It was just yeah.
1: Well, that's this is almost depressing. Um, so, was there any good performances in it, or no? No. I, I mean, I rest. would say
3: J.K. Simmons, he plays the the father dog who's been guarding the sheep for years and years. I mean, it's J.K. Simmons. <laughs> right. I can't really say anything bad about J.K. Simmons. Yeah,
1: it's true. That's where I was going. So, In fact, I was looking at it, like, come on, J.K. Simmons at least did something right. Yeah. So thank you for at least, you know. Okay, well, I guess uh, let's just cut to the
2: chase here. Overall, what's the Atlas score on this thing? Um, well, uh, on, on my website, I, my lowest rating is you'd have to pay me to see it again. Okay. Um, which I would say I would give this, uh, an A.
0: <laughs> A one.
2: A one? Yeah. A one. A yeah. one. An A. So an A. Ah!
0: Ah! All right.
1: Yeah.
3: I give <laughs> it an A ah as well. Okay. All right. Because so it just, it just scares you. It's like,
0: ah, <laughs> that's how bad it is. Okay. I like it.
1: So good I, I, news, I, if you I, like I, cartoons and you love musicals, this, this is the movie for you to watch.
2: I feel, sorry for all the, I feel sorry for all the parents that are going to have to endure this film.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so I actually I think that may have been the worstly reviewed film
0: ever. Ever, yeah, on I think it Atlas is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Pretty much, this movie did horrible things to you guys, and I, I want to apologize on its behalf.
2: Um, the, the only <laughs> good thing about it was it was 80 something minutes and that was about the only good thing about it <laughs> and jk simmons. <laughs> simmons
0: right well um our next our next one up is the red turtle which it sounds like you guys liked a little bit more than than rock dog um so you want to talk a little bit about what that one was about
2: uh, uh sure it's a little bit strange of a story um a man Uh, First off, there there is absolutely no dialogue in this whole film. Um, A man is shipwrecked on a deserted island. Um, He makes several attempts to build a raft and escape the island. And each time, a giant turtle basically capsizes his raft. Um, The turtle then comes onto land at one point. The man, being very upset at the turtle overturns the turtle and we think the turtle has died but the turtle later turns into a woman who he starts up a relationship with and that's basically the story of the red turtle
0: that sounds weird
2: it's a weird movie <laughs> it's 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 a very strange movie but i found it i found it's animated. it animated uh, it's yes yeah, an animated film it's an animated, it's an animated movie um, it's just gorgeous to look at. Um, one of the producing companies is Studio Ghibli, who has done a lot of great Japanese animated films. Um, it is worthy of its Oscar nomination. Um, well, I don't think it's going to win. Um, but it's, it's a movie that's just, you're just, uh, stunned by how beautiful the film is. It's beautiful looking. Um, it's a really cool storyline also
1: i I'm very excited because it not only is it animated i think it's worth noting it's traditionally animated uh hand drawn not computer three d i'm sure there's computer effects obviously but uh different different sort of animated than uh you know a movie about
3: yeah. rockabilly dogs yes oh yeah most definitely i mean it's i would equate it to like a painting come to life that's how i would describe it
2: yep i would too it's a great nice. great great uh, um explanation of it.
1: Okay, so uh, uh, from a um, boredom perspective, one to five, five being five alarm, alarm boredom. How bored were you guys watching this film?
3: Uh, I would say probably a one. I mean, I wasn't that bored at all. It's the story is very intriguing. It's because you wonder how. Okay, how is this? Why is this turtle turning into a woman? What's going on with that? So, like, it's con- you're constantly kind of trying to figure out what exactly is going on
2: yeah i, I agree and uh it's it's a really cool storyline um and it explores a lot of different topics um including they you know they it's it's just a beautiful film all the way around uh, so a beautiful storyline
1: that's uh okay i'm excited this is going much better than the, <laughs> than the other than one the rock one. Yeah, then rock dog. Rock dog hit rock bottom. Ooh, oh. I can't, believe I, can't believe I just came up with that, you guys.
3: Boom. Um, so, you should be on the back of boxes.
1: <laughs> I should totally be on the back of boxes.
3: I don't know uh, if they'd quote you on that one.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Out of context, that is the weirdest thing to say to somebody, but I love that it makes sense here. Um, so uh, on a scale of one to five, five being uh, my
2: eyes are rolling out of my head. How often are you rolling your eyes? Uh, I would, it's a one for me. Um, there, there's nothing to roll your eyes at it. Actually. It's, it's just such a beautiful film. Uh, I'd, I'd give it a two.
3: There were a couple instances where I was like, really? What? But yeah, I mean, it's still top notch.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. I'm just wondering if you guys are going to like battle that one out
3: <laughs> or if we're just going to leave that. <laughs> Do you want us to fight?
2: Like, <laughs> I, I you know uh, one or two. It still it still works. So,
1: so this next question is interesting because you I mean you can't really ask who had the best performance if there's no voice acting in it. So I, I mean guess they just
3: they scream. There are a couple oh. instances where they scream, but um, yeah. So <laughs> I guess here we're just going to have to give the performance nod to the animators. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Definitely.
1: Okay. Uh, so. I guess we could just cut to the chase. Uh what's the what's the atlas score on this one, you guys? I For would th-
2: give it a full Atlas.
0: Atla. Four. Impressive. And, and
2: I would give it an Atlas. I'd get a full five.
0: Ooh. Oh my that's gosh. That's our first one Dude, of this exciting. year. I think.
1: Yeah, it is our first one in this year. I love that I love <laughs> that Mike has now ran both extremes right off right out of the gate. <laughs> Started with an a uh, and finish strong with an at less. All right, well very very cool, man. I got to tell you guys, I'm I totally want to see this movie. I'm an animation nerd, so I've I've been looking at this longingly. So, I'm, no, I'm yeah. glad it's, to know it's, it's a wonderful it's good. movie. Cool. Yeah.
0: Well, um, we also have Get Out, which comes out this Friday, and Mike hasn't seen it. I know Matt's seen it, but Matt is also, um, he's got an interview with, uh, I'm not sure who from the, from the cast, but, but someone. So I'll let him set it yes. up.
3: Yeah, so I've already seen Get Out. It is a wonderful horror film from director Jordan Peele, who uh, most people know from his comedy stand-up with. He and Peel um, and yeah I'm interviewing Jordan Peel and we'll talk about the film and it's it's gonna be great
1: and- huge fan of this guy by the way side note and I love <laughs> that he's going so far out of comedy to do something like this so
3: yeah no no it's it's such a brilliant horror film and he gets very creative with it and what he does so <laughs> I'm seeing it tonight.
1: The first time I saw the trailer for it, I'm like, oh, and I'm just watching it, like, waiting for the funny part. And then the trailer ended, and I'm like, oh, well done. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> well done. This looks great. Okay, so shutting up, and now we're going to listen to an interview.
3: <laughs> I'm Matt Rodriguez. I'm with ShakeFire.com. Nice to meet you.
4: Oh, thanks for um, being interested. Right? <laughs> right. Of course. Of course. He we first. was well, I got a question that I, I, I wanted to know since so I've seen the movie. I saw uh, when uh, there was a scene in the movie where one of the characters goes and speaks to the cops, and he speaks. He speaks to an officer named Latoya Peel. Is that someone of significance? Saw, he, I, yeah, I saw. I saw that. I saw The diploma mm-hmm. on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's not somebody that I know, but I snuck my name. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, um, Andre is also named Andre Hayworth in the, in the movie. My, my middle name is Hallworth. So, a lot of it, you know, this is one of the ways a film like this is is autobiographical. every little piece of your life you're putting in there somewhere.
5: I wanted to ask you about the, uh, how, and and, and doing the reading uh, that was sent to us, how comedy and horror sort of draw from the same well and how you were able to pull that together. Because we we all laughed at, at some of these scenes, especially with uh, the TSA guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then there were those moments where, uh, what was it, I think... Um, Gosh, it was like like you saw the, the little kid running in the house, or looked like a little kid, and, and the, the music instantly cued, in, and everybody went. Oh, oh those was, the, those yeah, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah the house yeah yeah, okay. okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So just talk about how the, those two actually work very well together.
4: They are. They're very. They're very close. And the best horror moments as you are usually followed or, or uh, preceded with you know, some kind of nervous giggling. Certainly that moment you're talking about. You know, I always hear you know the music sting hits, and everyone goes, oh, everyone jumps, and then you hear. It <laughs> He's still, he's yeah. playing, no, you jumped. Yeah. You know, you hear that kind of conversation. So it's already a very similar state. Um, but you know, on, on top of that, I think that the, the important thing for me is making making the world feel as real as possible. With the Rod character, it's important that he's not coming in. He's not launching jokes at us. That that's that's how we would get to parody town or like. It would become, you know, it would, be, it would resemble more of a scary movie than uh, than an actual scary movie like this. So with Rod, the way um, I, I relied on him, that character was as a release valve from all the tension. And to give somebody that would give us relief, not only because it's, it's a safe space when Rod is there, but we do have somebody who's being real. But like he's saying what we wish somebody would say in a horror movie, and, and that reality—that's kind of what I think gets the laughs. It's like this, okay? This is, and it's even more nerve wracking because it's like, oh snap! This takes place in the real world where people—they are looking out. They do—they are being perceptive, and it's still like they're—they're—they're they're, they're trying to figure it out, and they're so close. So um, I would say, like, reality for me. With both horror and comedy, reality needs to be uh, consistent and real. I got another quick question for you. Uh, Loud Jun needs to cover a lot of comedy. Yeah. Um, Little Rel is one of like a hidden jewel in comedy. Why Little Rel for a, a film such as this? I mean, because he, I mean, a comedy scene he's done a lot, but yeah. on the on the movie scene it's fairly new. Well, he is somebody that he he feels very familial to a lot of people. I feel like everybody, he's got that feeling where it's like, I know this dude. This is my cousin, this is my brother, this is my best friend. Um, So that was very important. Um, He also, as you said, he's an amazing, Comedian, he, he's a great um, improviser. You know, he as a stand-up. Many times, I could be like, "Ralph, you gotta say this line in, in some in the way that makes the most sense to you." Like, give me, give me some several reads, and he would find these um, new hilarious ways to do it. Most importantly, when it all came down to it, that's a, a situation where that's the guy I was like picturing when I was writing it. And When I realized, it's like, oh, Lorel, like, that is Rod. Like you just can't, you can't take that away. So it was, it was all three of those things. But damn, what, what perfect casting, man! I, I'll, I'll, I'll I, I just, I'm so happy I got him. Can you talk about casting? Because yeah. everything was so perfect, and kind of like if you watch ATL, sorry. if you watch Atlanta, yeah, it kind of like. The character Darius kind of carried over from there, so you already had a, a certain view of his character. Mm-hmm. So when he got abducted, it's kind of like Atlanta 2. <laughs> so, like, did you ever think about, like, this person, like, you know, Georgina, Georg- Jetta, Gina? Georgina, yeah? like, this person would be perfect for this? Like, what was your mindset casting this movie? It was every, every character got its own... um Was his own adventure figuring it out. Now, Lakeith Atlanta hadn't come out when we made this movie. I, I, you know, I I cast Lakeith from his work at Short Term Twelve, Selma, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Compton. You know. And he, he has that this uh, another quality where it's like I I I don't know who has but I like that guy <laughs> I like that guy right. and and he is so innately cool that I thought like maybe if I can get him in here and have him the flip be like the least cool the least like soulful brother that we've ever seen that it would be sort of jarring um, but every character had its their own um, their own like requirements for me to tell the story on um, uh you know for with Rose with allison williams I, I needed that relationship to be something that we um we we want to work, which is very difficult, especially with an interracial relationship where it's like you know but there's people on both sides that don't want to see that work mm-hmm. um so i you know making that relationship work, you know I had to have somebody that 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 fit this this mold of like you know what, yes, she's She's undeniably Caucasian, but she's <laughs> also, she's waking up, and she's um, funny, and she's intelligent, and she's kind of a badass with that cop, like, <laughs> you um, every character had their own thing I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Well, first off, congratulations on getting 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Thanks. That's huge. Um, one of the things I've been seeing on our site critiques is people feel like the success of the film is based on race name, especially given the time of it. Mm-hmm. How do you feel when people say things like that, or do you agree with that? Um, you know, I think, hey, I mean they're, they're fair to say that. I think people who, who have criticized this film tend to be the people who haven't seen it yet. Um, I think the the reason it's resonating is because where where's this movie been? Then it's, it hasn't. No, you know, no one no one has given any kind of concept like this a real chance in a long time. And look, we 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 get tired of the same old thing. Mm-hmm. I think I think the real the real thing that's 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 popping off about this movie is that. It, it does it feels like
5: this is a missing piece we, we missed this this
4: should have been this, this movie should have been made 40 years ago in, in some ways this is this is you know this is this is the plot of guests who's coming to dinner which by the way you could do you could do today and not change a word so um yeah so i don't know you know i think it's 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 it's, it's a fair opinion but um, I, I think it's more because it, we, we, we missed this piece of the puzzle.
3: What was it like crafting this film for you? Cause, I mean, it's your directorial debut. Um, what was that process like? Um, what did you learn from it that you, was sort of unexpected? And also, how did your work on Keanu kind of, what did you learn from that? That you brought to get out.
4: I learned a lot from the director of, of Key and Peel and, and Keanu, the guy Peter Atencio. Um But you know, in, in, you know, I, I learned directing is very hard, hardest thing I've ever had to do. It was kind of a different process writing the movie as it was directing and bringing all that together. Ultimately, I learned that this idea that I thought never would get made, not only. Not, you know, the the, the freedom that I was able to give myself by by saying, it's not even, I'm not even gonna try and be ambitious with this. I'm just gonna, this is for me and me only. That gave me a freedom that allowed me to get to something that has resonated enough to get this current Rotten Tomatoes of 100. So now I feel like, oh my God, I'm I'm right. What I like is universal. Even even if it's the most like left field sort of idea on paper from Hollywood, make a horror movie about race. No, that's that's not happening. But if you're true to yourself, people people feel that when you're watching. People know this. He's doing he's doing him right now, and and I recognize it. Our souls are 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 the are the same in a way. And like so, if you're if you're if you uh, do justice to your your emotion and your soul, you know that's that's where like the commonality in all of us comes up. And like I love seeing this in a I love seeing a black crowd, but I love seeing a mixed crowd too because everyone's on the same ride here. It, it, it transcends our differences. That's that's a surprise to me. Well, with a film set like this, you know, I mean, obviously seen everything that's going on in the world today, Mike kind of touched on it, just with social justice and freedom and Black Lives Matter, you know, you address the issue. Now, how does this film help start the healing process of what you address or take a step forward? Well, I think that, it, first of all, it, it acknowledges issues that have gone unacknowledged. So I think in that, you know, I... I believe we need to be discussing these things. I believe we need to have these these conversations. I also believe that the way we talk about race um, is tiring to a lot of people, and often feels like it. That, you know, these discussions that are supposed to be um, constructive can fall apart because of our egos and because of you know people getting defensive and you know. You know, some people want, so don't want to be considered racist that they can't look within themselves. So, I think, you know, content like this that is entertaining first and foremost, I think that's the end. That's the Trojan horse. We can come in, we can watch, we can have a good time, scream, yell, laugh, get scared. And then afterward, you have to acknowledge what happened to you when you were in there. So, at that point, I feel like it should, I hope it promotes constructive conversation where we, we were all on the same page watching that movie. So we can all agree that that movie rings true. Now it's like, if you go, if you date a white guy, you can be like, look, I'm honey, I'm not, I'm not trying to go to your house and get into a, that, that in itself is like, I think that's, uh, uh, in just some small way, hopefully that is beginning to heal the conversation because it's putting another touchstone where you can refer to it. Remember the dude in Get Out? That's what you're doing right now. You know, we can
5: have that conversation. I was going to say, I love the fact that, and, and there was a line where the, uh, I can't remember, it was one of the neighbors that said, oh, black is, is sort as of. In fashion. Fashion. <laughs> yeah, as in fashion. Yeah, in fashion. And I was like, to me, it was one of those lines that it was like, but black has always been in fashion. And I just thought it was so interesting that there was something about black people that they wanted for themselves, whether mm-hmm. it be the Mandingo in the bed, or whether it be mm-hmm. your creative eye, or whether it be your your, your ability to run fast. Mm-hmm. And it was just, to me, uh, I'm like, okay, this is Black History Month, it was just, that to me I yeah. thought was so cool that we're in this time, you're making that statement and we're seeing this in this film, even yeah. though it's a horror. Yeah. yeah. You know, so
4: and that was, you know, so so that was a big turn in real realizing, you know, there's a while I thought this movie was um, about a more a, a slightly more traditional view of slavery. I thought I thought it was the movie that I, I, it looks like, like I'm setting up. It, oh, they're the brainwashing people and, and, <laughs> and <watching them> all. <laughs> <laughs> the realization that oh my goodness, you know what? This is a this is this is this is different. This is a new twisted fucked up form of, of slavery. And, um, and 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 and. To, to kind of relate, you know, part of what I wanted to do here was show, look, these little microaggressions or whatever you want to call them, they are um, they they are proof and clues that we're not past racism. And I wanted to take those and relate this to this really, you know, uh, obviously like horror version of slavery, so that people could see the connection and see this is all. This is all one thing. Next time, the next time somebody says it's a post-race world, go point will look. Even this little interaction right here—that's proof that it's not.
5: Or even the guy, when he, the older gentleman, who was saying, "Well, let me see you swing." You know, like, yeah, like, that's Tiger. It's like, you want to see me swing? You okay. want to see me <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: it's—they're um, they're kicking the tires, right? They're—they're yeah. they're, they're checking the merchandise in the, in all their own way. They're like, you know, he, remember he says, you know, "I can't quite swing the hips like I used to." Yeah. So yeah. let's see. Yeah. I love Tiger. Yeah. yeah, that's why he wants a black body. Yeah. That's the golfer he's ever seen. Is black, so you know through whether it's it's sports, whether it's like the the, the coolness of black culture and music, or you know I, know I know even the you know the guy at the end, at end of the movie, you know he says, well, race has nothing to do with me. It's your eye, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even that, where he doesn't protest too much, you know. And I've always maintained that he he does believe. If he's a black photographer, he'll get more mm-hmm. attention than mm-hmm. when he tried before. Um, which, you know, is, uh, yeah, so it, it, it all comes to that thing we were talking about earlier where it's like they want us for the parts they want us for, but not, not the human beings that we are. They don't want the soul, they want the, the, other, the other shit that we can contribute. Were you strategic on? Okay, One uh, yeah. last. Were you strategic and having their estate look like a plantation, and was the final scene where they come to play bingo and, and everything? Were, were you trying to like recreate the old picnics back in the day, how they, you know you had a party and you are gonna pick a nigga right then and take him home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the second part, definitely. Like the whole idea was, oh snap, we're he in he an auction right um, now the 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 house. I, I actually like there were other more antebellum houses that we could have gone. I didn't wanna go there. I didn't want to go that on the nose. Um, I wanted it to be property and have and have this estate that felt isolated and 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 you know conjured that feeling of a slavery. Like they can murder us here and no one no one's gonna care or, or here. But um I, did, I wanted to bury the lead a little bit and not go so plantation with the house. There was, there was other options that were really like, oh, I see. I see. <laughs> <laughs> this one was like a little bit
3: more muted. Okay. You know? Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, so that was my interview with Jordan Peele for Get Out.
0: I have to say that um, one of my all-time favorite interviews, which I think I've referenced multiple times, is when we got to interview him before um, at a very special venue.
3: <laughs> the Claremont Lounge. <laughs> How oh, can we man. forget?
0: 11 a.m. on a weekday. It's hard to forget being in Claremont during daytime hours.
2: <laughs> and I, I think somebody one of one of the uh, one of the reporters with us even asked him about horror movies. What was his favorite horror movie? If I remember correctly.
0: Do you remember what he said?
2: No, no. I don't.
0: Great story. Solid story. Oh,
1: yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Maybe, maybe maybe that's on your Oscars fun fact infographic. Can you find the it's answer not, there? It's not. Because no, <laughs> have... now I want to know what is... Thank you a lot, Mike, for that
0: <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Well, speaking of teases, uh, we have a lot of cool stuff coming next week. Um, I don't think any of us are going to see Logan before our next podcast, uh, but as soon as one of us does see it, we'll talk about it. <laughs> um... Uh, before I fall we'll have a review for that next week. I am headed to a South by Southwest uh, Choose ATL party tonight. It's a kind of a pre party for the, the festival in Austin. So we will be kind of talking about what the city's doing there and some of kind of the, the cool stuff that's coming up at South by. And then uh, Matt, Mike and I are all attending the Atlanta Film Festival preview party on Friday night. So we'll be able to talk about some of the things uh, that are in store for this year's Atlanta Film Festival.
2: And then of course, we'll also be talking about the Oscars.
0: And, and the mm. Oscars. What, who
2: won? Yeah: Well, That's we're, right. and we're all
0: going to be together watching the Oscars, so it's going to be a fun night.
2: Yes, it's we're going.: <laughs> Yeah, we, we're going to have a, uh, a prize. we're going to have ballots, and we're going to have a prize for the winner at this party, and we're also going to have a prize for the loser.
0: And the loser prize pack is going to be pretty epically bad. Like we've got, Mike has got some. It's got to
2: include Rock Dog.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It should. It should. Uh, We've. I know Mike's got a couple of movies to put in there. I've got some uh, Fifty Shades darker stuff to put in there, Um, and then Mm. there's a few other things that I have scattered around just from, you know, years and years of nobody wanting it because it came from a movie that was that bad. So, it's actually a really great chance for me to clean out some of my promotional stuff. So, I'm pretty stoked about that.
3: Nice. <laughs> unless unless you win it, Emma.
0: And then I'm going to, you know. I'm not going to, now.
3: Then you're going to be stuck.
0: I got with it. it. My La La Land's going to pull through for me. I'll be, I'll be fine.
1: We'll Oscar we'll slash see. spring cleaning party. I like it. Uh, very, very smart. Very smart. Um,
0: well, I guess uh, that's all we have for you guys this week. Uh, thank you for listening. Again, my name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief at Fanbolts.
2: I'm Mike McKinney uh, with to to com and ATLCW.TV. I'm Matt Rodriguez, Owner and Chief Editor of ShakeFire.com. My name is Kai Mickelson, and I do
1: not have a title as impressive as any of the people that preceded to
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> But thank you for listening.
0: Talk to you guys next week. We'll be right <laughs>